Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. The podcast that talks to content creators about their journey, about the lessons learned, about their processes and about the advice they would give to those who want to be content creators themselves. You may be experienced or you may be yet to hit publish or record, but I guarantee you there will be loads of insights and takeaways for you to think about. In today's episode, I talked to James Sandbrook. James is one half of the marketing meetup with previous 10Q guest Joe Glover. He is the founder of video marketing agency Human, and he is also the proud owner of YouTube channel The Original Cyclist, which if you're into mountain biking, I highly suggest you give a watch and is linked to below in the show notes. If this is the first time you're here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I think you're going to. James was a terrific guest. Let me know your favorite bit on social media, at TinQ Interview, everywhere you may look. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow wherever you are listening to or watching this. It would also mean the world to me, and no doubt James too, if you share this episode far and wide. There is probably at least one person you'll think of when listening to this who would benefit from also hearing it. Let them know, and they will thank you immensely, I suspect. Anyway, enough from me. Now, on to the podcast. James Sandbrook, a very, very warm welcome to 10Q Interview. I'm incredibly happy to have you on. I've, I think we spoke off air about how I sort of, I've followed you and sort of seen you knocking around social for quite a while. So this has been a long time in my thought process. And now I've changed this whole kind of creator side of things. I'm very happy to speak to you because Thanks you are much. sir, a creator. Oh, well, that's, that's good to it's good to hear. It's good to be here, and you know, I feel very very privileged. I don't get asked to go on to uh, many podcasts. It's usually Do you uh, no, it's usually Joe because he's the he's the sort of front man in the marketing meetup. So it's uh, it's always uh, it's always Joe that people want to speak to. But um, yeah, I like to say I'm the brains behind it all. Um, it's, it's a complete lie. Um, well, you but, say uh, that, but he spoke <laughs> very highly of you in uh, when I spoke. I mean, he was episode two or three, I think. Uh, okay. And he spoke very highly of you. <clears throat> And if I'm not mistaken, to the extent he said the marketing meetup wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for you. He's very kind. He's a very <laughs> kind man. I do like him. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Not... We we play, we play interesting roles like the, you know, Joe, Joe is that lovely kind of warm person that everybody wants to, you know, feels very comforted by. And, you know, he's, um, he's 11 years younger than me as well. And... You know, he sort of engages a, a slightly younger audience, uh, and he just does the role so well. But I think I'm there more of a. Um, I've always been the the sort of the guy behind him, giving him a push, giving yeah. him the confidence, um, just because I've maybe a little bit more kind of business experience. Uh, just giving him the confidence to say, "Yeah, actually, you can, you can do this," um, yeah. and just giving him a bit of belief. And it's you know, so we're a good little duo in that sense. I think so. you need that. Do you know? I, I've worked for myself by myself for quite a while now and I think I've spoken to other people in a similar situation to you where they're working with someone and it's it seems like it's amazingly beneficial to have that person to bounce off now and again or when you or when you need it yeah yeah 100% and that's that's actually one of the things in human that uh, which is my video agency um, which I struggle with a lot more um, is because I'll you know when I'm editing or, or working on the business rather than in it, I'm yeah. I'm on my own in that sense. So so Joe actually forms that you know unofficial role as a he's <laughs> he's not part of human, but he's effectively a co-founder because he you know he, he's that he's that ear that 
that listens and that, that shoulder I can cry on when it's all going <laughs> horribly wrong. Um, careful what you say, James. He'll be after stock options before the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, he could have them. He could have them. I don't think you'd make him very wealthy, but, uh, <laughs> but well, yeah. let, you segued nicely there. So let's talk about. Um, so you run a video marketing agency, yep. Human, and I guess so. This podcast is obviously about content creators and 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 how they've got into what they do, the lessons they've learned, and and advice they want to share for people who, I guess, would like to follow similar sort of journeys. So question one for you is, why filmmaking? How did you get started with that? Film, film's a simple one for me. Um, it, throughout my career, it's always been about telling stories. So I, was, I came from um, an, an account management role was a big chunk of my career. I didn't even know that that was sales for probably the first three or four years. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, hang on, I've got targets now. Um, but it was all about building relationships with people. And, and when I went in to sell the service that we were we were offering uh, it just didn't it didn't land with people it didn't resonate with what, people what was the service <laughs> it was a removal service so i, w- okay. I worked with house builders um, and house builders would offer free removals through our company yeah. uh, as an incentive to buy one of their houses so you might get stamp duty you might get carpets and you get free removals yes. they would then uh, send that on to us we would then employ removal companies to do all the packing, the unpacking, all that kind of thing. Um, so it was it was a it was a really good, well sort of liked service. But the salespeople that I was selling to were really busy, right. and so like to start going into all the detail of how we do things was like people are like, I haven't got time for this kind of thing. But if you went in and spoke to them about like Mrs. Miggins that you've just moved, yeah. uh, who you know was maybe one of their customers or, or on another site and you told their story and you told their emotive story. So, you know, house moving is a huge emotional uh, thing. Yeah. If you're talking about boxes and lorries and times and logistics, like just, you see the shutters come down. Like, people yeah. are like I don't care. But if you can say, well, I'm going to help you with your customer care results and I'm going to deliver a customer on the day that isn't stressed because they've had everything done for them and they're not going to have to worry about completion dates because we guarantee to move them and like all these worries that people have. Yeah. And then you tell that story of like how they've gone from moving from one house to another and, and they're, you know, and it was a, a piece of cake or there was a challenge in the middle, but we solved it. Like it, it just, it, it landed a lot better. It became far more relatable. So, so I'd go into, uh, I had a big customer, McCarthy and Stone who were retirement, uh, builder yeah and I'd go in and I'd just tell stories about moving customers and customers we'd helped out and and they they knew these people you know whether they they didn't was know it, was them. that a conscious thing to tell the stories did you did you realize that no. was your sales approach no I just I it was from spending years of driving to I used to do 60 to 70 thousand miles a year Thousands. driving from site to site to site every day talking to all the sales consultants yeah trying to sort of just promote the service and I and I just found that people would listen more if I talked about you know a, a, a customer that we'd moved or talk about their customers I would say you know we broke a vase and like just, they were really upset but actually <laughs> I went to John Lewis and I bought the same bars and I took it there and they were and they're over the moon now and they're now sort of our you know your biggest fan and, and they're oh wow this is fantastic and that story then gets shared yeah. amongst their peers and so 
you start to build trust and you know it just it, but you so didn't it wasn't know it was a thing right no no not at all i didn't know it was a thing until until probably so i did that through a lot of my 20s um and i moved into uh, i had a, a secondment to a branding agency right and that was the first kind of clicking of the light switch where i was like oh i need to be in a creative environment like it's fine doing sales you can earn good money but i'm like had you done anything creative up to that point sort of school wise yes yeah. uh, so musical theater you know did very well at arts all that kind of thing but then classic thing of like trying to keep your parents happy yeah. <laughs> you know you need to do science you know you need yeah. you need some so i ended up doing a geography degree um which you know when i look back at it i'm like i'm i like the outdoors but i think beyond that it was uh that it was it was a bit of a strange one to to go down it, it should have been you know an art, you say an that one. james but you know what you're so you're a similar age to me and i i i'm gonna sound like a real old man when i say <laughs> this but i look at some of these young younger kids or the younger generation not even kids that's not fair <clears throat> but like who have grown up with phones in their pockets that are cameras and are actually a lot more native to this creative world we live in which is why i was asking you because like video to me is kind of pretty new a new concept yeah it's something i'm trying to get in i'd love to have a youtube channel and do more stuff and we can talk about your youtube channel in a bit but i, I where i was going with that is the options we had to get into that creative field like you said you did a geography degree but 20 odd years limited. ago that there wasn't like youtube no. there wasn't um like even having a video camera, I remember I had this old um, like Sony uh, disc camera or something. I think at the time it was like, I don't know, 800 quid or something. Yeah. And it was junks, right? And it's not like the editing. I mean, you can edit on your phone now if you wanted to. Like that stuff wasn't around. So actually to say you'd go and do a geography degree actually was, I don't know, more well, than the, I think the signs were there. So I, I, I did quite a lot of traveling and... I was, and I and I'd, I had film cameras with me, um, and even before I went travelling, like I used to love taking photos. Yeah, I'd spend a fortune in like Boots the chemist, you know, <laughs> just like queuing up to get your film process, waiting a week, coming back soon that like, half the photos were crap. Um, but I did. You know, I look back in the if I go in my loft, there's like piles and piles and piles of photos, and I used oh, to take really? used to take photos. I've I've still got a stack of photos of. Um, of like me and my mates mountain biking oh, it's just crackers like it was just outside my parents house but yeah. the signs were there that that I enjoyed that kind of thing but it just got put on the back burner um and I think the big the big moment was um it was when I worked for a big content agency uh and they made films for um Adrian Flux insurance who were like a, a niche yeah. car insurer this was after the sales job yeah, so I did. I did a comment for a year to a branding agency uh, called Mint, who were brilliant, um, based over in the East Midlands. Learned a lot about brands and started to get my head into marketing. Realised that I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, my chairman at the time wouldn't let me leave. He was like, "No, I'll pay you whatever you want. You stay. Like, but you know, we'll start your own marketing agency." So I started. Uh, an agency called Fundamental, which was uh, an internal marketing agency for the group of companies that we were okay. part of. 
Um, so it was all kind of like design stuff because I'd done the branding secondment. And so it was a natural kind of segue. I brought in a, a designer, uh, which is when I said I was uh, interviewing Joe Bird oh, okay. back in the back in the day. Um, and did that for a year. I won't bore you with why it didn't work, but um, started to just bring in, you know, customers. And it was like a mini, mini marketing agency, um, but needed to needed to move on and got a job uh, with this content marketing agency um, who had offices in Kings Lynn and in London. And so I would be driving from the Midlands over every week to uh to, to go and work there and i came that's, on that's in, quite a slog that. oh it was huge and i've you know i think my youngest my eldest daughter sorry was um gosh she was only probably three so yeah. and we got another one on the way and like it was you know it was a slog it used to i used to be there for eight o'clock in the morning and it was <laughs> you know the best part of a three-hour drive to get there yeah. it, was, it was crackers um but they they taught me so much about marketing. I was in a sales role, but obviously selling all these different services, I needed to really understand how they how they worked. And so I was selling everything from PPC through to um, copywriting, to website design, to uh, to video, to all, all these different services. Um, and it was there was there was part of the business that, that made these films. And I was always like, these are such cool films. Like I want to be I want to be involved. I just want to go on a shoot. I just want to be there on, on a shoot. Um, and so I'd sort of tee these these up to, you know, I remember the I went to Alpina BMW, um, which I don't know whether you're into cars or not, but it's like, yeah. a, um, you don't see many Alpina BMWs, but they're like wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, you yeah. like a five series that's got an insane amount of horsepower. It just looks like a normal, anyway. I went to Alpina and um, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll make a film. We've got a new such and such. When would this in. have been? Uh, this would have been probably seven years ago. Okay. Six, maybe maybe slightly less, maybe six or seven years ago, something like that. Um, and set it up so that the agency made a film about this car. They went up to the Lake District. You know, they got to drive the car. They got to film the car. And I wasn't allowed to be involved. <laughs> And it like a little part of me just broke my heart because I was just like <laughs> I'm setting all these things up and I'm like I just I just really want to be involved in the filming and just see how it see how it works. Yeah. And they told great stories, and you could see that you know the views on these videos were were increasing. It was they'd include these videos in the newsletter. You know, for an insurance company, that's like you expect to be like, oh, we've got a summer discount or you know, the five reasons you need extra insurance or like yeah. just, but they just send out these great newsletters engaging your audiences. So they'd have something about VWs and they'd send it to their VW audience. And, and so they, they became massive fans of like an insurance company, which is, which is really weird. Um, so that was another kind of like penny drop moment. I was like, we just need to tell better stories about businesses and, you know, or topics mm. and people will want to, to follow or, or be involved and so I started to take the idea of telling stories as an account manager yeah. and it being a really good sales tool and this thought of wanting to make videos and I was like if I kind of put those together uh, then then maybe I can form a business out of out of those what what had been your video experience up to that point <laughs> so fairly limited um uh 
I it was just my mountain biking channel. So I'd okay. I'd uh, always you know I love mountain biking and I'd followed a few mountain biking YouTubers and the, the there'd been a huge jump in the quality because some people had got um, GoPros that they chest mounted, but then they yeah. put a stabilizing gimbal on the back of them. Yeah. Um, which is like that thing behind me there is like a, a larger, you know, for a DSLR type gimbal. Yeah. But you can get these miniature ones that would hold a GoPro before the stabilization was really good. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to buy one. So I bought one from like China, a Feutech something or other, had a GoPro Hero 7, which is still, you know, an okay camera, but not great stabilization. Yeah. Clips it onto my front and it like stuck out like a <laughs> foot. But like actually, yeah, it was. It, look, people were like, what the hell is that attached to your chest? Um, but I, I drove up to. I remember the first video. I drove up to Castleton in the Peak District. Um, put the GoPro on my chest, and I was like, right, I'm just going to record a loop, and I'm going to kind of narrate over the top. Yeah, and felt really weird talking to camera. Um, and you know, one of those sort of first two videos, they just. I'd only put two or three on, and the views just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And the quality wasn't great. The editing was pretty poor. There was no color grading. There was no real thought to it. It was just mm. like, I'm just going to document my journey. Um, and so, so yeah, that was kind of my video experience. But cameras are amazing. Like, you don't need to be that technically astute to, to, make, a, to make a film. Well, it's funny. You... you... I mean, before we, so shout out for the original cyclist channel, which I will link to below, and is a good watch. And I am one of your subscribers. You Ding, may, or may, you may or may not know that I do watch them. But to your point about the camera, it's it's funny because a lot of what you said prior to this conversation has been about story. Yeah, and I think that's one of the takeaways that I keep getting from every time I think about starting a YouTube channel or really like giving it a proper go. You know, I've got my I got my nice camera, and I just bought some microphone i mean i've got more microphones for someone who doesn't put out a lot of video content you would not believe how many microphones i've got and i keep seeing it time and time again it's not about the equipment it's about the story you're trying to tell yeah or i'll give you um i'll give you market, access right? uh, we've we've made a video course to help people get into video um okay, yeah, um, okay. yeah i'll sort access out for you i'll link to that below as well in case anyone wants to have a look Cool. Maybe I'll do a, I'll do a discount code for your, uh, for your, oh, yeah, your cool. audience. Yeah, right. I'll sort that out for you. Um, but you've got to get the call to action in there. Um, and, you know, a big part of... You'd expect a video course to be all about making videos, like push this button and make sure this focus yeah. is... Da, 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 da. I, like, I really don't think it's that important. We do touch on those things. But actually your content strategy, your like idea creation, your like how you how you create a story arc, like way more important. Way yeah. more important than like these things, phones, that like ninety percent of people could just use their phone and make yeah. like as long as the story's good, everything else is, is I, I think good. even more than ninety percent, like uh, I think it's crazy, really. Yeah. I, mean, I, I said to someone recently We've all got, most of us have got a 4K camera in our pocket. Yep. And you go back three, four, five years, it's just 
what we've got in our pockets now is equivalent to what the, the TV and movie companies had a couple of years ago. Exactly. And I, I get really frustrated. So I do a lot of filming with um, a chap called Nick. And uh, on a lot of shoots now, we're using something called the Black Magic 6K Pocket <laughs> Cinema Camera. Oh, you know, and I just don't care. I don't so care. We, we now have, like, I've got a big car and the boot is full. Yeah. And I and it genuinely I get really annoyed with that because we spend ten times longer setting up and getting all the settings perfect. And I'm like, I just want to switch it on and yeah. go. Like I just want to film stuff like really real, you know. And and yeah, there is times where those sort of cameras are are better. Um, but like I mean, you know, just even those big expensive cameras, like they don't have autofocus on them, which okay. because they're like. You know, when you're getting up towards like cinema cameras, you, like that, you can you can imagine like expect the cameraman DOPs going <laughs> spitting at you because you're using autofocus. I'm like, no, it just it works. Like it's way better than you, like because yeah. it's got AI built into it. Like it locks onto your face, whereas you've got to make sure you've got that <laughs> perfect. So I'm 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 always a big fan of going. Just don't don't overthink the equipment at all. Just film, yeah, way way better. So I'm trying to think about how we're going to get to humans, but let's talk about human now. I am going to go to the questions, but I don't want to not talk about human because obviously it's a big part of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're you're interesting to me because a you've got a video marketing agency, which I think is very very cool, and b you've got a YouTube channel, which I also think is very very cool. Um, and I guess throughout the questions, we'll probably talk about both. But do you want to just talk about human quickly? Because I think we've, we've talked about up to how you got there. Yeah, yeah. But then I, then I, then I sideswiped the conversation a little Not bit. All, so, uh... <laughs> yeah, so kind of on, on the back of what we were saying, like, yeah. I saw that there was a huge amount of videos on people's websites. And obviously, the video is just a growing thing, right? Yeah. Like, everything websites social it's all video so i was kind of like this was four years ago i was like there, there's an opportunity to be to be part of this as well the timing feels right yeah um but so much of it is either really stiff and corporate yeah. because people want to say exactly the right thing uh in a very controlled manner yeah um or you've got a videographer who is brilliant at making stuff look sexy. Um, you know, I think I remember seeing a Bentley advert that was just beautifully shot. And I'm like, boring. This is boring. Like, once yeah. I've seen the car, I'm like, oh, that's a nice car. Then I'm like, okay. Like, I'm, what, what, why else would I carry on watching this? Like, it's just, it's just, you know. So, and, and so stuff, you, what, what I was seeing was that video agencies talk so much about their equipment. Yeah, and you know their show reels are all very fancy looking, but they but they lacked a lot of depth. They lacked story. They lacked real connection, and so it was a good way of hiding how bad I was at filming at the beginning as well. <laughs> because I was like, well, you know, I was a massive fan and still am of people like Casey Neistat. I was who... going to ask you that a minute ago. He was the first person I spoke to when you said all about the camera and the story. I mean, you. Oh, so I, I did his saying, right? I did his video course uh, okay. about eighteen months ago. It was brilliant, but a real eye opener as well. Like he uses his cameras on auto, 
Yeah. Like he's not like dialing in all these settings and shooting it in raw. He's like, turn it on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took, he, you know, takes you through, through that process. But I was like, actually, if we, if we make it look a bit rough and ready, if there is a bit of camera wobble here and there, or if people are like, you know, spilling their coffee or tripping over, or you're going to believe that it's real, it's genuine. Yeah. Whereas when stuff is really corporate and practiced and scripted, it might be what the like the CEO wants to see. Internally, it might be like, ah, yes, we've said all the things that are wonderful about our company, but nobody cares. Like, let, me, let me ask you a question then. So if I'm a CEO and you're trying to sell in this, by the yeah. way, I totally buy and believe and uh, agree with you. I guess it's a two-part question is, hey, how do you communicate that to them? Because they have this perception in their mind of what they think a corporate video should look like. Yeah. And the second part is, have you seen a trend in the last four or five years where people are are coming around to your way of thinking more yeah definitely so in answer to your second question yes i think it's i think it's growing uh but in answer to your first question um there's i guess there's two ways i mean i've come from a sales background and i think when somebody is you know when you can see their eyes are lit up and they're (laughs) they're you know if i'm in a room and i'm getting really excited about an idea then people kind of want to want to get on board with that but I'd, i'd probably use an example I'd be like, like, look at look at these two videos, and I'd I'd try and find something that was trying to deliver the same message, you know, a corporate Mm. version and a non-scripted version. But I'd also try and, uh, and and this comes on to the kind of the idea creation uh, side of things. But I always talk to people about their business and what they're doing at the moment, and just try and ask loads of questions, not not in a very formal way, but in a really relaxed way. And nine times out of ten, somebody will just say something really obscure that I'm like, that's the story. Yeah. And they're like, what? That's not... I'm like, no, no, no. That What you're talking about there is different to to anything else that's out there. You know, everybody's trying to say the same thing in their in their business. You know, if they're I'm trying to think of, a, of an, an example, but you see like car manufacturers and house builders and clothing brands all kind of saying the same thing that their customer wants but actually when somebody does something really obscure and talks about things that only they can talk about that becomes the thing that people want to anchor into that becomes the interesting story and so that's why uh you know brand stories are are, i find easy to film because they usually companies usually started from a like a pain point and and usually on a very personal level so I'll be like, okay, well, what's the, where's the real reason this company started and what, what's the story that we need to uncover? Um, yeah. Because what you usually get told is, oh, we do X, Y, and Z, and these are the benefits. And I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> stuff everybody can see and everybody yeah. knows. Like, the thing I want to find out is what's the, you know, how does your company work? What's your, what gets you up in the morning? And, and what's the quirky thing that goes on in your business? And if you find a CEO that's like, no, 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 we want corporate, um, you know, we have done stuff like that, but it's never as successful. It, it always feels a bit dry. Does it break your heart a little bit every it time does. you put one of it those It does. Out? And actually, we did uh, we did some filming for uh, for an agency. Uh, you'll probably know who it is, but I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Um, <laughs> and we had to do four videos for them, um, right. all, all about their agency. And I said, look, I want it non-scripted. I want to just get the best out of your staff. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll have a we'll have an idea of what we want to talk about, and we'll we'll pull on you know personalities, and and I'll get them loose in front of camera, and we'll sort it all out in the edit afterwards. Yeah. But there was like one video that they really wanted scripted. Of course, the feedback comes back. They're like, "Yeah, we really don't like the the scripted one." I was like, "Why is that?" They're That's like, "It's beautifully true. shot, and it's sort of, but but it just sounds scripted." I'm like, "It's because it is. It's because it is scripted." And I, this is this was my point, you know. They're like, oh, we love the other one because that's like really fun, and you know, we get to see who. I'm like, there you go. So, do you know, what? I was just I was before you were told that story. I was just going to ask, have you ever had a had pushback on your style, but then they've seen the finished result and actually glad they did it. Um, and I, and no, I, I think when you example. get to the point of somebody committing to spend money with you, they're on board already. Yeah. Um, I don't think they always fully understand the process. Um, I've had like early days. I've had customers. <laughs> my, my first kind of big customer. Um, we were we were filming on a housing development up in Scotland, and the sales and marketing director was like, "Are you filming?" <laughs> and I was like, "So that was a really good signal to me. It was almost like, oh, they're so unaware of yeah. what's going on, but I was following them around with the camera, and I was like, well, I I am, but it just." just some bits so you just carry on and actually it was a really lovely natural conversation that I was like a fly on the wall yeah and then when they watched it back they were like oh that's really good and it ended up being a video that they used as like it recruited loads of people for them because they were like oh that sales and marketing director looks like a really nice person to work for yeah and I was like oh, there you go it's because they Pe- people love behind people. the scenes don't they exactly yeah yeah I think it's way more interesting than your sort of corporate BS that you want to that you want to peddle to people. Um, so yeah, I, d- I always try and convince people that that's the the route to go down. It also makes filming a lot easier for them yeah. and for for us. Well, maybe not for us all the time because we've we've got to be ready to to go to capture those moments. But it makes like people do not like being in front of camera. They no. just don't like. I don't like really being in front of camera. I find it hard. And so if I'm doing it every day and I understand the process, like to, to get like an accountant to talk in front of a camera, it's a big job. It's a bit like when we, uh, when we started this and, and one tip I'd got from starting a podcast, a video podcast is don't say to your guest, right, now I'm going to hit record and then we'll start because it immediately puts that guest under a bit of pressure. Like, yep. uh, uh, so like I did with you and I've done with every guest is I, I hit record like, three or four minutes before we start actually doing it properly yeah because the hope is and i guess the same for you the hope is that you, you you've forgotten you're being recorded and it's just a conversation it's exactly that and i and i do the same thing so certainly when we're doing like sit down interviewee stuff and you know people are nervous um yeah. we actually hit record before they even come in the room so we'll we'll get the camera all focused and ready lighting up and i'll be like oh cool just sit over there while we're while you know nick's sorting stuff out and i'll just start yeah. chatting to them and it almost means they can't change their personality then, yeah. Because there's not there's no break, you know, of hitting start. I'm like, oh, cool. So, yeah. And then they're like, you recording, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a good technique. For sure. I think just just to sort of finish up on on the whole Casey thing. I don't know if you've heard it. You might have done if you're a fan. But he did a podcast recently with Andrew Schultz. Oh, I don't think I've heard that one. And in it, he he gets asked about the CNN deal he did. And I'm totally paraphrasing it, and I'll get it wrong, but they were trying to recruit him to come in 
and work for them. Uh, or maybe it was another network. I can't remember. But he, he basically said, why would I do that? I'm getting more videos. I'm getting more views on my videos every day than, and he reeled off like three or four networks combined a week or something like that. And it, it just backs up your point 100%, yeah. right? It's, it, it's not about the camera. It's not about, the, I mean, his editing is very good, but. I mean, he is, he's just been a huge inspiration. I kind of religiously watched his, like every Same. lunch break, I'd be like, cool, right, getting on a Casey, Casey vlog. Even um, now, James, when the notification bell comes up, like Casey's <laughs> released, because he does it like yes. once once every month or two months yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, sweet, just drop everything. It's like, right, next 10 minutes, I'm watching that. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute, you know, and as I say, that course I did, uh, which took a few weeks and you had to um you had you know you made two films during that during that course as well one of them was like zero planning just yeah. you've just got to run and go i, I remember the... that did you do a video on youtube about doing the course do i remember seeing that i might have talked about it on i'm sure you some, did somewhere i basically did two videos one of them was like have a rough idea pick up a camera and go yeah. and film it yeah, uh, and the other one was a more considered story that you wanted to. It did. I tell. tell you what, it was you cycled from your house into the middle of Birmingham along the canals. Yeah, so that was the run and gun one. That was yeah. like I've got an idea. Like I'm just, it's like ten or eleven miles into Birmingham. I can do it all on the canals. I was like, I'm gonna try and find some stuff along the way, and yeah. I called it in search of interesting. It didn't perform that well, but it was a good exercise. Yeah. Um, and then the more considered one. Uh, was a story about training my dog who is snoring in the background if you can hear um uh which is about training her to to run behind the bike uh when i'm in the woods oh yeah i do remember that one actually uh called trail dog and that you know with it being a bit more considered that's performed really really well on the on the channel i'd love to do more of that kind of stuff because it's you know it's, it's hard work to film it but it's the end result is like a really lovely film that i'll look back on and you know when I'm sat in an old people's home, remembering when I was rad. Wow, do you know what? That, that's it's funny you say that. That's something I think about when it comes to Casey's videos. And he said it in the podcast as well the, the other day. He's like, he said, however much hard work it was doing these daily vlogs for 800 odd um, days in a row, he's got his life documented. Yeah. Every little thing he's done, it's just he can just drop in and. That's why he's really jealous of that. That's genuinely the reason for starting the original cyclist channel was a, I just wanted to experiment mm -hmm. um, to see whether I could build a, build a channel. Um, but ultimately like algorithms are going to change. Platforms will become less popular. Like yeah. I'll have YouTube in 10, 15 years might not be a thing anymore. Who knows? But I'll have those videos that, you know i've had great memories from yeah. riding with mates generally you know whether that's bike packing up to the peak districts and like having a giggle on the way or doing a big epic ride in the lakes or like you know there's just there'll be things i'll be able to look back on and you know when i when i can't do that when i'm old and and just yeah. be like oh those were that, that was great fun kind of thing so um, those were the days you, yeah, let's that. let's talk about ideation and brainstorming so you covered a bit i don't know if you've covered all you want to say on the topic because you said about for you know how you go into clients and whatever i don't know if you want to take this down the youtube route how you do that but what was your 
for people who want to create content and make films and stuff, what should they be thinking about from a brainstorming ideation process? Well, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things. I mean, if you're wanting to build, you know, the, the there's either building a channel for yourself, yeah, or there is creating video work for other people. Um, the do, do they conflict you? Uh, no, I keep them quite separate. I mean, the the principles of um, you know building out content pillars are are the same, but sometimes a client just comes to you and goes, "We need a video for X." Yeah. And that is that's what we call our spark. So we'll go, oh, okay. So you want that, and here's your idea. It's like a slightly rubbish idea. <laughs> what if you were to do it like this? And we then will use our experience to to try and guide them into into making something that's going to be better on social or better, uh, you know, on their websites or, or wherever the the video is designed for. Yeah. Um, so client work is very much starts with a spark, and then we we understand where it's going to be hosted, who it's for, like what's the goal of that video. And, yep. you know, we really start to start to dig when you're left with a uh, blank sheet of paper and you're trying to create content for yourself or for a client. It's just actually, actually we need some stuff for social because we've got to turn up on social. Yeah. That's a lot harder. Um, and if ever you've tried to sort of sit down and just come up with ideas, that's a like, you can't do it in like you know well, between eleven and twelve on Wednesday. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna come up with ideas for my YouTube channel. It just doesn't happen. And so, I use a I use a couple of things. Um, one will be uh, that the people that I follow on on social. So like Casey's vlogs will will have inspired some sort of thought along the way. Um, but I tend to look out for parts of videos that have like interested me and make make a note of them yeah so it might be an opening like how a video is opened or you know an element within there that that i really like and i'm just i almost create a bank of those just in in note form um and when it comes to things like cycling ideas the reason i haven't uploaded for like four or five months apart from being really busy um is that bank of ideas i was working on just just dried up and i need to spend some time you know coming up with coming up with new ideas again um so i use um you know you might you might be in the shower and and go huh i could do it's like so I, i've got a uh an app on my phone called notion um yes. or even just notes on your on your phone like i just start logging them in there and sometimes you come back to them and be like no, no actually that's not a good idea yeah but then ideas don't come to you in an organized way and so just having a system to just log ideas yeah. so that when you go okay now i need to go and film a video you can just look at that bank of ideas and be like cool that's the one that's jumping out at me today i'll go and, well, you're, I'll you're go. not starting from a point of zero are you that's, that's exactly the key. yeah and that's where like you know people are talking about the use of chat gpt uh which i i don't use i know we've, we've used it a bit in the marketing meetup but um but it can be a great way, you know, give me 10 ideas for mountain biking videos. And yeah. then probably like <laughs> nine of them will be rubbish and one will be like, eh. but it might just give you that idea to get you going. And as you say, the point of zero is, is the hardest, Yeah, is the hardest thing. Um, but sometimes I'll just, you know, if it's, if it's my cycling channel, it might be that we're just riding somewhere new and I don't have a plan. I'll just, clip it on and just try and make a story as as we 
as we go. Um, other times, like when I'm doing, when I did the trail dog video, um, that I had to think about the shots, like yeah. where you know, and then create a shot list. Um, but yeah, you know, having a having an understanding of what your audience wants to see, or like what you want to be known for, and yeah. building ideas around that is is really important. Um, it, it makes life a lot easier, you know. If you if you're writing on LinkedIn, you know, I, I talk about creativity, I talk yeah. about video, I talk about community. And I talk about being being human, and yeah. so all of my ideas usually link back to one of those four kind of content pillars. Um, so once you've got those pillars, it makes makes life a lot easier to kind of. Does does the same hold true for your YouTube channel? And what I mean by that is, are you, are you looking at it from? Or how are you looking at? It? I guess is the question, right? Is it from what you think the audience wants to see, or have you got a in mind who the audience are and then you're creating for them or is it just you know what this is what i would like to create more more so the latter if if i'm honest um so there is it there was a little bit of a plan behind it where um originally what i wanted to do is ride as many trail centers in the uk and maybe in the world uh and document them so i live near canic chase and they have a trail there called Follow the Dog. And like okay. millions of people ride it every year. But the videos online were either just a video of it, so nobody talking, but just the entire trail and like two hours of like <laughs> god awful footage. Um so I was like, actually, maybe I could maybe I could make a, a you know a personal video about which bits I like and yeah. you know, because I know the trails quite well. Um and so I then just started, because I travel a lot for work anyway, I would take my bike with me and film the trail centres whilst I was out filming as well. And so I've built up, uh, if you were to go through all the videos, there's loads of trail centre reviews in there. Um, so that works really well from a search perspective. So YouTube yeah. is like one of the biggest search engines. And so if you're, you know, you're going to go to the Lake District and you're going to ride at Winlatter, then you're going to write Winlatter mountain biking yeah. and then... I mean, my Winlatter videos are really old now, but like I was ranking uh, number one for Canet Chase. I ranked in the top one or two for Winlatter. And so I was strategically picking these trail centers and that's kind of how the channel grew. And then I just started filming other things like the, I did a, a bike event called the Dirty Reaver, uh, which I did a couple of weeks ago again. Um, that looked first... really good fun, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nuts. The first time it was it was wet, but the two years before, I think I ranked number one for Dirty Reaver as well. It's like a, it's the UK's biggest gravel event. Um, yeah. Again, just took a GoPro, nothing fancy, just effectively vlogged vlogged the journey. So there is a little bit of thinking, you know. I do tend to, you know, if I've got a choice, I'll I'll ride somewhere that I think people are going to want to go. Have you been down to Gloucestershire, Forest of Dean? I have. I did an enduro down in the Forest of Dean, oh, um, but I didn't have my camera with me at the time. Um, and I think the weather conditions were atrocious as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's somewhere like that's on the list of. Well, I get, like in to... the summer, I come down. I take you to uh, four one seven, which is a, a downhill yeah. map. Ah, yeah, I've heard cool. about that. Definitely. And they got one in the Forest of Dean. Maybe we'll do a two dayer. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. So just on 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 YouTube again. So. 
do you have a goal with it? Do you have a strategy with it? Strategy, maybe wrong word. I don't know. But do you do you want it to become a full time earner? And the reason I ask that is because someone I I had, I had a comment on one of my posts the other day, and this this young lady said something along the lines of, "Oh, you know, I I have YouTube as my hobby. I'm not worried about growth. I'm not worried about views. I just enjoy making films and editing." Yeah, and to, and so many people are. You got to do this to grow your channel. You got to do this to get your revenue and monetization. And blah 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 blah. And I'm not saying yeah. there's anything right or wrong with that, but do do you have a view on that? So I, uh, with my business head on, it's it's never going to be the thing that's going to provide the income that <laughs> I want. As a you know, talking very could it, selfishly, could it be? I I would have to be incredibly committed to it. Right. I'd need to be uploading a couple of times a week. Uh, and if you just think logistically riding, like I'd have to live somewhere really interesting and have a bunch of different trails and, you know, yeah. and, and then, and then would it suck the joy out of the thing that I love, which is, yeah, which is mountain biking. Like I rode last night and didn't feel the need to take a camera. Had I got, if this was my main income, I would have had to have filmed it. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't see it being the thing that I want my career to hang on. Plus, right. I, I'm 42. Like, <laughs> does anybody want, you know, weekly videos from a 55 year old? You know, I'm just not going to be that interesting. I don't um, know, man. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe other 55 year olds doing it. True, true. Um, but I, no, I don't think it, it would be um, something that that I, I want to make my main income from there's there's two other th reasons i want it to grow one one is it's, it's a great kind of way i can experiment so i can yeah. make mistakes on that channel and i make loads but it helps me learn about the you know the platform not on a client's terms yeah. you know? so i can <laughs> i can grow my own channel and, and use that experience to help other brands okay. um that's that's kind of important but then also like it's something interesting to talk about. So, you know, if at some point a bike related brand came along and were like, oh, hey, we'd like to do a such and such, you know, we'd like you to bike pack across Norway, you know, and use our bike doing it. I'll be like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and we're going to pay 20 pounds. I'm going to be like, yeah, well, probably, I'd probably take that. Um, I remember the first time I got paid, it was, um, the house builder I was talking about up in Scotland, they wanted yep. to, they'd built a development at the end of the Great Glen Way. And they were like, oh, could you make a cycling? I've seen that one. Video. You cycle to it. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny like, thing is, like I didn't, now. I didn't yeah. actually ride that because it was so long and I had to self-film it. I basically rode sections of it, then drove a little bit further up and then uh, rode okay. it. I was a nightmare to film. But I got paid to ride my bike. And I was like, yes, I've actually won. Um, so it, it creates opportunities more than anything else. Have you done anything to put your, I guess, human and original cyclists in front of mountain bike brands? No, I've, I've, I've had lots, you know, conversations with, you know, a number and, but my channel just isn't that big. And so I think until, but it doesn't matter necessarily, right? It, it doesn't prove but they don't understand do. like, I'm like I have the highest ranking video for like all these like the ideas are great that if you look at the view count versus the followers yeah I think my 
Can It Chase video hit like 30,000 views and I'd got about the 300 subscribers. Yeah. I was like, the video, it almost doesn't matter. On that, that's the... the way YouTube seems to be changing from what I can gather. Yeah. Um, but, you know, may, maybe if that channel gets bigger and I get to, you know, X amount of thousands, then it will naturally just be easier conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll happen in time. You know, there's there's plenty of like cycling brands that follow me on LinkedIn as well. So I've always like in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'll just keep, you know, keep chipping away on the cycling thing. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter because, you know, I know the cycling industry isn't exactly a hugely lucrative one. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, well, you I say just that, to... you say that, but I went to, I went to 417 for, um, I kind of I call it a race, right? It's for amateurs. I'm not a professional, and I came last in my heat. We won't talk about <laughs> that. But what I did notice, there must have been, I don't know, hundred, hundred and fifty people there. Yeah. And every one of them was head to toe in Troy Lee Designs, in Fox, in all these other big brands, and every bike there was. 95% of bikes there like they were like 5k each yeah you know there was some serious serious hardware absurdly expensive I'm, I'm in the process of buying a new mountain bike and I, it just pains me how expensive they are yeah it's it's crackers absolutely crackers but um but yeah we so won't... yeah some people are doing all right in there for, for sure <laughs> but, uh, we won't talk yeah. about that just in case your wife's watching on to the next question <laughs> You mentioned Notion a little while ago as one of the tools you use. Yeah. I'm also a big Notion fan. Are there, for any other sort of aspiring filmmakers, are there any other sort of systems, processes they should be thinking about? Is there anything, you also mentioned a, a guy you work with, is bringing other people into the fold important? Yeah, definitely. That's that's moved on. Uh, so in terms of other people, yes, Um I had uh, uh, Emily, who was head of social media for Superdry, like used to work with me on a on a, a few clients where she'd be doing all the scheduling and all that kind of thing on on the social channels. You know, I'm, I'm learning from her. Nick, who I do most of my filming with, he's got a film background. Um, okay. He also uh, is a producer on a channel with like three million subscribers, um, oh, wow. and okay. so. He understands YouTube really well. Uh, technically, he's a better filmer than I am, and so you know I'm learning from him. Did you did you start solo? Uh, so he he's a um, a producer on a a, a very niche. No, channel. no, no. When you st- when you started oh. Human, were you on your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely on oh. my own. Um, okay. I think like one of the first jobs I got in was like a website. So I'd like subbed it out because I had no idea how to uh, how to do uh, how to build websites, but. Um, but yeah, so I tend to try and lean into the things I'm better at and the things yeah. I enjoy. And then when projects get bigger and harder, then I will I will bring in people to to make sure that I deliver on those. Okay. Um, but most of my shoots now, there's at least, you know, one other on um, to sort of make sure, you know, things are good. And then I, and I sub a lot of the editing out now as well because it takes, it takes so long, I just can't, I can't do it all. Um, okay. But yeah, in terms of like, you know, 
tools and that sort of thing and apps um we use uh the adobe suite so um i'm on i'm on premiere uh nick who i film with has just gone over to davinci resolve which you can use for for free yeah. um so he's learning that i might i might move over on davinci kind of. resolve seems to be getting a lot of positive yeah. press at the moment yeah it's 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 very different but it's like it kind of makes sense really the problem yeah. is i've just i've learned over the years all the all the shortcuts and everything in Premiere, it's be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a wrench to go over to something new. But, um, but yeah, I was, you know, there's, there's really interesting things. Like I'm terrible at accounts and uh, like logging my expenses and my mileage and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and when I first started the business, my accountant was uh, gave, you know, advised me to use TripCatcher. And uh, at the time it was called Receipt Bank. It's called Dex now. So every time I travel anywhere, my phone logs where I'm traveling, oh, and then really? automatically go uh, ties into Zero, which is my accounting software, yeah, and puts it through as an expense uh, at the right pence per mile. Um, and all you've got to do is press start and stop and put the reason for the trip in. So I don't, I never have to log any mile. I don't have to go back and work it all out. It's just, yeah. it's all tracked on my phone. And then every time I, you know, stop at Starbucks or whatever on the motorway services, I take a photo of the receipt it, and the uh, Dext reads the receipt, pulls out all the VAT and again, sends it off to your accounting software. Wowzers. Do you know what, James? That is why I love this podcast. Because <laughs> most people would say, oh, you know, I use DaVinci and I use, and this is why, you... which is great. But doesn't really help people, right? Because people, most people know. It's when you drop nuggets like that, which is really powerful because they're, they're game changing. Yeah, it's a massive, massive time saver, and it because it's the stuff that I don't enjoy. Like that's yeah. where you should be looking to to use tools. You know, yeah. yes, there's things that you know the the software that we all use helps us, but actually that that's a massive one. For me is just because it would never get done or it would get done but it would then it's that like, one where you get to the end of the month and you're looking back through your calendar you're like right i've driven here and then you go on google maps and then it's yeah like, oh, well i've got a cat you spend that. half a day yeah yeah or, or you, you end up with a shopping bag full of receipts just going <laughs> oh god when was this just <laughs> awful absolutely awful and now so i i send my invoices out once a month i just do it all on the same day yeah uh and I don't. So, I mean, part if you think about systems and processes, like I, I, James Clear's Atomic Habits, which having a look at the bookshelf behind you, I bet you that's on there somewhere. Um, uh, do you know what? It's not. It's upstairs. I actually lent that to my wife very recently. So, just yes. a, a brilliant book in terms of you know get, getting things into your routine as opposed to um, as opposed to sort of you Keeping know it hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I like I write a monthly uh, email newsletter for for human. I've done it every single month since I've started the business. Yeah. Um, I don't try and do it every week. Um, you know, I don't put the put the pressure <laughs> on myself. But I do say within the first week of every single month, I will send out a newsletter. And I've done it because it's that it's almost like built into my okay. I'm looking at the calendar. Yeah. Being human has got to go out. Um, and just having things that are part of your routine 
makes life a lot easier, I think. Um, which you it's know, routine, is, doesn't it? Uh, the, the James Clear example is about brushing your teeth, for example. You don't think, oh, you know, I've got to brush my teeth. So you just do it. Yeah. So every yeah. time I get in the car, I like to, to drive for work. I track it on my phone. Every time I like buy a coffee, my phone comes out. I take a photo of it. It's like, what habit can you form that's just going to save time? Yeah. In like doing the doing the boring stuff. And um, remind me the two names again. Uh, so Trip Catcher okay. uh, and Dext, which is D E X T. I think it's dext.cc or something. And they all I'll, link... find, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. So yeah, and that links to Xero directly. So Xero is my accounting software, which is a bit like QuickBooks. I use Xero as well. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I don't know how much it, my accountant charges me for it, but I think it's only like a couple of quid a month, which... Yeah, would... it's, it's, it's pretty cheap, depending on what level you want to get to or number of stuff you do. It, but yeah, the, no, the, the, the base package is really good. Yeah, the the trip catcher and Dex, I think you have to pay for. I think that's the thing that's a couple of quid a month. But, but I don't, it could be fifty quid. I don't know. This is my well, point. That, that's the point, right? <laughs> what it saves you in time and stress and yeah. I think I mean, you know, you only got to have one road trip that you don't calculate the mileage for. Yeah, and that that would negate the cost, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's there's a bunch of bunch of apps that that I use like. When I'm flying the drone, I have like drone assist and, and that. But it, but it's all just stuff that's, you know, is, is not important. It's, it's those little things that I'm like, right, what's, what's going to make my life easier? That's the, yeah. that's the thing I always got my eye on. But just, I was, I was going to go to the next question. Where did the name human come from? I wrote down a bunch. I've, I've got a book somewhere with all like different names in there. I wanted something that, um, having sort of come up with a lot of brands in the old business that I worked in, um, they'd always come up with these like, really stupid names that nobody could understand <laughs> over the phone. And you'd be like, I mean, this is going back to when people used to ring each other, but yeah. wanted something that was easy to say, easy to remember. Um, and human to me is the uh, is at the core of the stories that we're trying to tell. We're trying to tell human stories. Right. Uh, you know, the old saying, people buy from people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all about people. It's not about the companies. In, in my eyes um, and I think if you make it more about the people than the companies then it's far more interesting um, and so okay. human just felt like a good fit it also meant that if video didn't work out I could segue very easily into you know copywriting or you know <laughs> PPC or something I don't know like it doesn't really mean anything in that yeah. it means everything and nothing in that sense fair enough on the subject of human what 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 are your goals with it what do you want to achieve I think I, I I struggle a little bit with goals okay. because it's not a it's not a business that anybody that that runs a video agency will know that it's not easily scalable. So I've got it to the point where it creates a really good income for me. I've got regular customers. We've got a good reputation. Um, but if I wanted to double the size of the business, if we're talking yeah. just financials. That means more equipment, more travel, more customers to deal with, more, you know, crew on ship. Like it's it's just more of everything. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can be drawn into a trap of just trying to make stuff bigger for the sake of it, for our egos. Yes. Whereas actually I, I don't feel the need to do that. Okay. Um what I'm more interested in is is time. 
yeah. is making the business work from a perspective where, you know, I've got two young children. Like, I want to make sure I spend plenty of time with them. I want to ride my bike lots. I want to go yeah. on holiday. Like, can can I go on the holidays and live in the house and spend the time with my family and do the fun things that I want to do? Will human allow me to do that? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then that that's absolutely my goal. Can I do more of those things? Then I guess that would be that would be a goal. But you know, I I I think just to make it bigger and more profitable for the for the sake of it isn't going to necessarily bring me any more joy. Has that always um, been your your thought process? Uh, I mean, I, I I've always you know I've been financially driven. Uh, you know, yeah. and I don't hide that. I don't, you know, people are like, oh no, it's all, it's all about the process. I'm like, well, no, you'd you'd like you'd like a fancy you car, and like yeah, yeah. you got you don't want to pay the. I want to go to like Costa Rica. I don't want to have to go to Bognor Regis. You know, yeah. like I'd like to. I want to want to live a full life, but but uh, it doesn't consume me. Like, no. like it's, it's got to be all about the all about the money. Um, and then, of course, but, I've got the marketing meetup as well, which I've, I've got to keep. I, I want to spend more time in, um, but I kind of want to do both. Yeah. I've got I've got a poster on my wall that says, "You can have your cake and eat it too." Like, like people are always, oh no, you can't do both. You've got to do one thing well, and and yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I pr- Humor would be a lot bigger if I wasn't doing the marketing meetup, and I'm sure I could make the marketing meetup, you know, accelerate quicker if I wasn't doing human. But I kind of want to do both, and I'm yeah. and I'm okay with that. Like, it's just that things happen slower in that sense. So I'm more things happen differently, right? No, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, slower might be the word, but they do happen. I'm like you. I think when I was younger, I wanted to be a multi multi millionaire. I wanted to have an <laughs> empire, and I wanted to have a unicorn, and I wanted to like. But actually, as you sort of the re- that's why I asked. Has it always been your thought process? Because as I've got older, I've kind of come to the conclusion that there's a certain financial level I'm pretty happy with because I know that this is covered here and this is covered there I can do this this and this and actually getting from that level to multi 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 millionaire to be totally frank is far more hard work than I'm really happy to put in or want to put in I've met a lot of very successful people over the years you know we, we quite often deal with founders um, throughout my career, you know, been mixing with some really interesting, high net worth individuals. Yeah, they're rarely the ones that are just beaming from ear to ear, or like just having the time of their life. Yeah, there's some there's some business owners that I work with that have got that balance. Like, you know, they have stressful times, but then they they're off like having a lot of fun as well. And, and like, they've got a really good balance. They're the ones that I'm like, right, how are you doing that? Because yep. you've got a good size business and you're clearly making good profits, but you seem, you seem okay. Like, yeah. You seem to have your ducks in a row. But it's also doing the things you want to do, isn't it? Whether that's exactly. human, marketing meetup, riding your bike. You know, I've got a young family as well. And it's the same thing. I'm like, I, I look back to, I don't know, five, plus years ago when I was working in London and I was commuting in every day. This is before my daughters were born. I don't, I just, if I was still doing that now, I just don't know when I'd ever see them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally that black and white, like I just, I'd be going out before they get up and I'd be getting home 
Um, don't know. Maybe some people like that. <laughs> I just don't know. I think you know Joe's really good at this. Like really, really good. And for those that listen that don't know Joe, so Joe's my business partner in the marketing research. Um, so that business is growing way quicker than human. Yeah. Like it's just. The oh, I see the emails. Like, it's like oh, it used to be there was a there was a. Uh, uh, obviously pre-lockdown but there was a market meetup in london once every couple of months and now i mean as I, I said to you before i live in gloucestershire i couldn't really get to london but now there's one in exeter there's one in bristol there's one in birmingham there's one in i saw new zealand i think popped up and yeah. like every time i seem to get an email from you guys there's 10 new um locations that I've it's never nuts seen and it's it's but like Joe's really like he's not massively financially driven, which is great. Yeah, um, he's not stupid. Like we're still trying to make money from it, um, and it's and it's working. Uh, but like he takes Mondays off because he's got a young daughter. Yeah, like he wants to spend time seeing her grow up. I'm like, good on you. Like, and sometimes that's really annoying because I'm like, ah, I need to speak <laughs> to Joe. Like there's stuff to be done. But then I, you know, I give my head head a wobble, and I'm like, no, he's he's. That's good, yeah. And I like today. My my wife now works on a on a Wednesday. I have to both take and pick up my youngest daughter from primary school. Right. And initially, I was like, oh, it's like getting in the way of like work. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, no, hang on. It's not. I have to do this. It's, I get, get to, to right? do this. Yeah. And so you know, I, I've had exactly the same thoughts as you, James. Every now and again, it'd be like, oh, I, I want to do. I, I haven't got time. Yeah. And it, yeah, I do the same thing. I give my head a wobble, and like perspective, man. It's great. And so this morning, yeah. I'm like, you know, singing songs, going through the nature reserve. The dogs running around. We're having a giggle. Like I'm like, ah, oh, this is what life's all about. Like yeah. this is the important stuff. And so I'm careful with goals. I'm really careful because they have to. Well, that's a goal in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But I think people people look at. It's when, you, it's when you see like agencies, you know, I've always got my eye on agencies and they're like, oh, we've now got 25 staff in our video agency. And I'm like, oh God, yeah, like, that would terrify me. But like, you need I, a I proper good flow of video work to make that work. I can't remember if you said the phrase pre or post we started recording, but you said something about working on your business as opposed to in your business. Mm. And that's kind of what that is, right? Because you start off where you are now. And then when you get to that level, if you've got 10, 15, 20 people working for you, you're no longer doing that stuff that you enjoy doing. Yeah. You're, you're basically firefighting every day, right? And you're managing this person, this person. And there's nothing to say there's anything wrong with that at all. But it changes the dynamic of what absolutely maybe you want to do. I don't, I don't want to be a director of a huge video agency that does no filming. Like, yeah. If human, like, I, I don't know, I if in 10 years time humans still making videos like that's that's cool but if it's not if it's doing something else that's cool as well yeah. like i used to think that you'd have to you know you'd have to stick to this path and do the hard work and and i think i think the beauty of like an interesting career is you 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 meander as you go yeah. and you pick up experience you know i worked in removals like my god I mean, in fact my first job was as a pensions analyst for a year i know nothing about pensions <laughs> is that as exciting as it sounds oh it was awful um but actually there was there's something that i can pull from that 
you know, there'll be some some experience and and you just I think if you if you just go right, I'm ten years and I'm gonna, it's going to be this company and you know I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm like oh, okay, well that's cool. Like for some people that's great, but I'd, I'd much rather sort of float float on the wind a little bit and, yeah. and just see whether see where the world takes me. Because um, then then you're open to opportunities, right? Something comes yeah. along and and you go actually that that thing there. You know, which is which is why we were looking at the course. Like maybe maybe teaching people about filming could be a could be an interesting thing, you know. And then they go off and do even better videos than us. Then great, you know, if we can help yeah. do that. Um, so I'm just I'm open minded uh, with goals. I think I think I think getting my processes better and my uh, my sort of routine better would be a goal in itself. You know, making yeah. sure I'm building in fitness into my working week a lot better. Like Tuesday night is riding night, but it's not, you know, what else can I be doing? Yeah. You know, so just a, a holistic view of life and, and, and having like a better balance would be, would be a goal in itself. Um, it is. A, I do the same thing. I mean, like, like you, I've got two young kids. I've got my own business. It's the same process. I'm like, all right, every, every sort of couple of weeks, it'd be like, right, diet changes this week. The, the health, the new health re- regime kicks yeah, yeah, in this yeah. week. And then it gets to Friday. It's like, oh, I didn't quite manage my, <laughs> but it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Okay, let's move on to the next question. So the next question is about audience engagement. Yeah. And how you, do you do it? Do you, and I guess it's probably a bit of a interesting question for you because I suppose you look at it from different angles. We could throw the marketing meetup in as well if you like. Um but I guess the audience on your cycling channel would be different to the marketing meetup, would be different to human. And actually yeah. human, maybe the audience might be your clients, but it also might be the audience of those clients. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to know what you sort of think about it, take away from it, how much you focus on audience engagement. Yeah. So uh, human audience uh, isn't particularly big. I'm not particularly prolific in creating content for human I mean, it's, it's the cobbler's son you know we yeah. don't actually create much content uh, for ourselves which is which is a shame but you know i'm, I'm fine with it the marketing meetup uh we very much engage um it's a really positive community by I, you know i was just going to interrupt you there and say i i see many communities online. i said the same thing to joe actually and i say i see many communities online that start and grow and self-destruct you will yeah. see it 99 times out of 100 right there'll always it always self-destructs and that might be the ethos changes or it might be people just stop posting and i said the same thing to joe just say to you it stuns me how to this day i don't go on facebook much admittedly but every now and again i'll go on there and there's always people posting about it same on linkedin yeah and that that is I mean, kudos to you both for that because that is staggeringly impressive. But I think it's, it's, it's not. Like we we say this all the time. It's not about us. Like, and I think if you have that mindset of it's not about you, yeah, then that's how you create community. If you like, people have people confuse followers and audience with yeah. community. We're creating community because there's conversations going on that are completely independent to anything Joe and I even know about. Um, The communities that are run in all those locations you mentioned, 
we, we don't really have that much involvement. We give them the guidelines, but it's it's down to them to we give them the values. That's the thing. That's the important thing. And you know, positively lovely is is but maybe the, that's the key, right? Because yeah, there are plenty. Like I say again, like there's plenty of communities out there that start off with the right intentions, but just don't seem to last. Yeah, exactly. But I think that our whole goal with this is to is to leave a bit of an impact and a bit of a legacy for the marketing community so that they can all just keep helping each other and that yep. Joe and I become less and less important so that you know one day maybe, maybe we we aren't even part of it and it just it's self-sustaining in that sense that's mm. that's far cooler right where you've got oh, yeah loads of people helping each other and it's just we've uh, you know I talk about the spark of an idea like we've just been the spark for the for the community um and i think i think that's a good way of looking at it like as i said there's there's communities and there's audiences your question was around audience yeah um you know we're we're not brilliant on social but like if if people are you know engaging with us certainly on linkedin we're 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 fairly on it um if i if i post on linkedin and somebody comments i pretty much always reply to those comments i want you know i'm trying to build rapport and conversation and that's what social media is all about it's social right so like you need to i I don't use it as a broadcasting platform so you won't hear me talking oh i've done this video this week for (laughs) this company like you'll very rarely see any of my work on linkedin um because people don't care like they'd rather have a conversation around you know mental health or around you know the commuting or i don't know like all the things that are tangential to your to your actual core so how, how do you fit that into your four pillars then that you you mentioned earlier so i i lean very much into the into the sort of behind the scenes uh kind of human side so yeah. i talk about humanity in, in business a lot so the post that i put out this morning was uh, was like more of a mental health type one you know, yeah. I'd, I'd had a real like, bit of a rubbish day yesterday and I was in a right fog. And then I had the little Tuesday night WhatsApp group going, who's yeah. going riding? It'd been raining all day. I'm like, oh, I'm not going out. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, yeah, I'll go out. I'll go out. I'll go out. And I was like, oh, I suppose I better go out. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Got up, to, got up to the chase, absolutely soaking wet because the trails were, were washed out. Um, but with every pedal stroke, I'm like, I could just feel my mood lifting and that becomes something that's quite relatable it's something that's maybe useful if if somebody's having a bit of a bad day and they're like oh i'm in a fog well go out for a walk like yeah it's sunny outside and a bit of fresh air can can really help change perspective so you know we 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 try very much to think about what would be interesting or useful for the audience um uh you know i try and either give a tip on filming or it would be you know a behind the scenes bit of content like an instagram story as to um you know what what we're actually up to uh, which people find interesting um but then you know the cycling channel is a little bit different it's usually just questions around around the trails and where i'm riding and you know, how long things take or what what equipment i'm using or that kind of thing and i just just reply to those there's the the odd troll occasionally, which I always, <laughs> which I always, which I always find quite funny. Um, what, what does a troll say about you filming the mountain bike trail? Well, I know, just like, yeah, oh, there'll just be like some anti-cyclist person oh, right, or okay. just, I don't know, somebody just 
saying that my videos are fake and they're sped up and I'm like, well, they're not, but like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and argue. It's like arguing with a pigeon, isn't it? It's like, what's the point? You know, so, so generally I ignore anybody (laughs) that, that just wants to get into a fight and, and just have a bit of empathy. You know, people are, people are obviously in a bad place if they feel the need to write, you know, horrible stuff on, uh, on social media posts, I'm like, well, maybe they just need a hug. Yeah. Um, so quite often I'll just offer them a hug. <laughs> You're a wanker. <laughs> Would you like a hug? You need a hug. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, I, it's almost more important than the content itself. Sometimes, you know, yeah. if, you, if you think about growing on platforms like LinkedIn, I think if you haven't got ideas for content, just get involved in in chatting with people and and you get discovered that way you know it's it's just as important when when you're when you're producing videos for clients does the topic of engagement come up is that within your remit or is it something you encourage like so obviously if they're putting those videos out on youtube for example or linkedin yeah. or wherever it might be you and i both know the benefit of engaging with the, uh, the audience yeah do you, do you do you ever have that conversation with them to try and highlight that? I I did. I used to. Um, so, but it's it's really hard when you're working with like a big corporate business and yeah. you've got like a small marketing team that's limited on time or resources. Um, you can get you start to go into a whole other world of. So we used to offer like video and social media services and copywriting and all these different things. And I've gradually yeah. tried to reduce it down to just video because you end up just spending half your time advising them on how to manage the posts, how to right. post them properly, um, how to deal with with comments and trolls, uh, you know, trying to te- teach people that, you know, that there's a, there's a chap that I do a bit of work for, um, who I like write some of these LinkedIn posts and uh, I'm like, you've got to get involved in commenting on people's stuff. Like I can't do that for you because I don't, I'm not yeah. you and I don't know the, your industry as well as you do. So I was like, just have it like five minutes a day of just going onto LinkedIn and commenting on stuff and you'll naturally grow just by doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's like leading, leading a horse to water. Like, you, you know, you can't always make people drink. And I found that really frustrating because we'd see some of our videos being posted on social and then there'd be a load of comments and they wouldn't reply. And I'd be like, guys, well, that, like... that was, that was why I was going to ask because yeah, yeah. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate there. Then so if you, if you have a, a banger of a video and you see the comments not getting replied to, you know that if they did engage with that, the video would do better. Yep. And not only would it do better, but then when they're analyzing its performance, they'd be like, oh, James, you know, like obviously we paid you to do this video and, you know, it didn't really do that well. So we're not going to, we're not going to hire you again. Yeah. Like, so if you uh, just I, bloody replied, yeah. you, <laughs> I do, I do, I do catch 22 situation, do right? Yeah. But I don't get too hung up on it. Um, okay. So quite often what we'll do is we'll do a shoot where, uh, you know, things like testimonial videos are really popular. Um, people always want them on their website, but they don't always perform, uh, perform particularly well on LinkedIn, uh, yeah. LinkedIn on social media because like nobody cares. Um, yeah. 
but they're an important part of the buying funnel. And so it's a trust signal on the website. So we'll focus on making something, let's say, for the website. But then if that person says something funny and or like really insightful, then we'll we'll clip it up as a vertical edit and give it to them as like and say, look, you you here was the core video, but actually during the day there's these three posts that are that are perfect for social media. Yeah. Perhaps you could use the you know the description, uh, uh, you know, give them a guidance and then hand it over to them uh, to to use. Um, but because that's not the main reason they've come to us, yeah, I, I don't I don't worry about that about that too much. I'd okay. rather you know. No, sorry, I was just going to say from a business perspective, would you give them that free because it's just you know like a leftover little bit of content sometimes also thinking you could you could translate that into potentially future business exactly so uh again it's a bit of a you know pitching point of difference where uh you get a uh, an rfp and they'll be like this is the video that we want and you go cool that's the price and like, then you're just up against every other video agency. Mm. You know, we've won a piece of work that we're filming in a couple of weeks, um, where it's going to be like a, a banner video on a website, and it's all like fly-throughs and like interesting stuff. No sound on it, but it'll just be on the on the website. Right. And I'm like, well, why don't we make a vlog of the day? Like, we'll we'll have a, a you know another member of crew that's just filming us and you. And yep. they'll interview you during the day and we'll make a mini vlog. And then you can talk about how you made that video, why you made that video, and it will just draw more attention to it. The cost, we build that into the into the package anyway. Yeah. But they're getting like, rather than just one core cool video, they're getting a core cool video, a vlog, and maybe some snippets that come out of it. Yeah. Like to me, that's that's a sensible way of using your budget. Yeah. Um, so, but but what I've, you know, to, to get social media clients where you're just creating content for social media, um, I think I think there's a there's a cap on what you can charge for that. Um, when when you're getting asked to do this stuff, how often does the topic of virality come into it? Not that often. I oh, just really? yeah, I I think it's one of those things that that people that agency say, oh, we've been asked to make a video go viral. I don't know. I don't know whether that, that many people ask for that. Um, I think if, you, if you've if you got a client that's asking for a viral video, mm. that would be a bit of an alarm bell for me anyway. Oh, would it? Yeah, okay. because I'm like, you clearly don't understand how social media works. Yeah. And then you've got that education process to go through of like, okay, well, <laughs> virality isn't a formula. You know, yeah. we had a we had a video like probably one of my first proper viral videos um, for the marketing meetup uh, that I put on TikTok the other day. I had no idea that it was going to go viral. No idea. I kind of knew it was an okay video, but depends which what, way what the was, wind blows. It was a it was a video of a guy that I filmed in Cambridge talking about um, whether a lemon. Uh, he showed a picture of a lemon, and he was like, "Is a lemon fast or is it slow?" Oh uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and we were like, "Oh, that. everyone's like, oh, it's fast." It was like, "Why? Like, it makes no <laughs> sense." And then showed yeah. a spiky shape and a rounded shape, and he was like, "One of these is Kiki, and the other one's Booba." 
which yeah. one's Kiki and which one's Booba. And they were like, oh, the spiky one's Kiki. Like, what? Like, it doesn't... You know, I saw so, that. I can't remember where I saw I don't think it was TikTok. I think maybe it was LinkedIn or something. Yeah, like I think we put the same post onto it. And it did really well on all the platforms. Um, yeah. But it had like a couple of million views on, on TikTok. Did it really? Yeah, Houses. it did really, really well. Um, and so I think if anybody's coming to you going, we want a viral video, I'd be like, well, I can't, I can't make you a viral video. I mean, I probably yeah. I can, but I don't know whether it's going to be viral or not. Yeah. Um, it's pure, it's, it's chance a lot of the time. On that subject yeah. then, so the red flags of clients. Yeah. Have you ever not worked with a client because of, I don't know, requests they've made or? Yeah, I've got to be really careful with how I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. If you'd rather move on and I'll slip that out in the edit, then you let no, me know. No, I mean, so I've got... I, when I set the business up, I was like, it's a no dickheads policy. Yeah. Like, I spent years and years and years working with certain customers that I had to work with because they were the business's customers. Yeah. And and I and you had a boss. <laughs> and I and I had a boss. And yeah. I had revenue targets. Um I I have cut reasonable amounts of revenue from human when when I could have carried on working with yeah. with with a couple of clients. Um, because I didn't feel we were aligned, should we say. How, how easy a decision was that? It's hard. I've got a family yeah. to feed. Yeah. Um, but actually, the second I made the decision, it was like, oh, all the, yeah. all the all the stress goes. But also, you can then reflect and kind of go, well, I was spending a bunch of time worrying about these people. Yeah. Um, not enjoying the work, yeah. Not making much money out of them because they're a nightmare to deal with, and all that's doing is that's freeing up time to go and go and get an awesome client to to work with, and they yeah. they always turn up like, you know, like eventually you go, oh, cool. Well, if I wouldn't have been able to take this client on, had I been working with this dickhead, yeah. yeah so yeah. it always works out, um, but yeah, it's it's something that, yeah, if if it's not right. You do it. I do it in a really respectful way, and I don't burn bridges. Yeah. But if I'm if I don't feel I can deliver creativity, good value, um, and you know provide what the client wants at the same time, uh, then you know I, I'm You're very right. cautious. There's three things in there. There's like, can you make money? Do you get creative freedom? And do you like the person? Yeah. Or the people, and you have to have at least two out of those three. <laughs> like. I was yeah, one or two of them. I was like, ah, I'm down to zero. So I've been to... I've been there, James. Honestly, it, it's it's hard when you start out because you're in that like kind of so desperate for business and revenue. That's it's but a... it soon takes its toll, you know. And you find that when it when it starts seeping into your home life and yeah, you know that's it's just not worth. Had it, it been in the first six months of running the business, like yeah. I wouldn't have been in a privileged place but i've purposefully set it up i don't pay myself a stupid amount of money i'm like quite humble with my salary and i put as much back into the business as i can yeah so that i've got some screw you money um and that's a real comfort and i know that i could take the next three months off if i needed to yeah. you know because it's like i've spent four years just building like a little nest egg there um so uh, hopefully I'll 
Like I have to take the next four months off. <laughs> it's a good position to be in. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's a it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, um, you know, for everybody really. Agreed, mate. Agreed. Um, we kind of talked about briefly about virality a minute ago. Pulling that back a little bit, do you do you analyse the content you're putting out? And what I mean by that is, do you look at what's worked, what hasn't? what you you know learnings from it and I, i'm assuming the answer is yes bearing in mind what you said earlier about other people's content maybe not yeah yeah no I, I i do um but it's also it's also very easy to get sucked into the numbers yeah when when actually like is the content right for your audience yeah so like take a uh, reach on LinkedIn in the last month or so, like just like a stone, it just dropped off a dropped off a cliff. Yep. I found that really hard to deal with. I'm like, ah, I'm putting out this post and like, still lots of people engaging with it, but the reach is terrible. And I've, I took that really personally and I was like, that's yep. stupid. That's a bloody algorithm that I'm fighting. And so I think it's good to analyze your posts, but but not to get too caught up in the in the numbers um you know i you know i'll I'll look at some of my cycling videos and the ones that haven't performed i'll be like "Eh, okay well i'm trying to understand why but i'm not then gonna completely change my video style to to fit in with you know an algorithm because the algorithm is just going to change again i'd rather make the content for me and my audience, yeah. Than than just try and constantly chase. chase. No, that's a really that's a really good point. Actually, I'm glad you raised because I'm not 100 percent sure everyone thinks that, and I probably am equally as guilty at times of overanalyzing what stuff's done. Mm. But what you said is really important because if you start, if everything you do is right, YouTube likes this or LinkedIn likes this, as soon as they change their algorithm in six months' time, you're a bit screwed, right? What's the point? Yeah. I find it is it's really interesting. So, you know, talking of like small audiences and the power of them. Yeah. So I would much rather have like five hundred absolute obsessive fans on my email, LinkedIn, Instagram, like yeah. because I will I will generate revenue from that. Yeah. So I've got I think I've got less than three hundred people on my newsletter and I <laughs> I don't promote it. It's hardly grown over the years, but it it's been the most consistent deliverer of business over the years That's in terms really of like a platform. And I'm not selling anything on it. I'm just I'm finding videos that have inspired me. I've usually got a thought piece at the top. And it's amazing how many people will go, Oh, I saw that, you know, you start working with them like, oh, the reason I've been in, got in touch with you is because of this really random bit of content. <laughs> that yeah. didn't perform but they watched it and they really enjoyed it and you go so that's so it's worked it's done its job it's delivered a it's delivered a, a new connection a new customer I, Whereas, I will link i will link to the show it uh, to the newsletter in the show notes for people oh that's cool up. yeah that'd be great um it's like that, you, I, I, sorry, you, I was gonna say there's a story i don't know if you've seen it about a, a guy who was putting out youtube content for a year and he had like four or five views on every video and there's like one was his mum, and he just never knew who it was. And it turns out that one of them was Oprah Winfrey. Yes. You heard this story? Yes, I have. Where did I hear that? 
it might be on a previous episode, I spoke to someone about it and I didn't know the guy's name and I still forget his name, Paul something. He's like a dating coach. That wasn't on uh, My First Million, was it? Do you, you listen to that? Maybe, podcast? maybe. I Occasionally I listen to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard that story before. Yeah. And then, exactly to your point, right? You just don't know, you don't need millions exactly. of subscribers. You just need that engaged audience. It's like we, we've been through the, um, uh, the email addresses of like some of the webinars that we run. Yeah. And even when they're not brilliantly attended, like there's some huge brands in there and you're like, oh my goodness, like what does that person do? They work for Nike. And then you yeah. find out it's like head of customer experience in the UK or something like, oh my God, like, you know, so it's just, <laughs> you don't know who's watching. No. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's hard. It feels really personal when there's not lots of likes on yeah. there, but it doesn't matter really as long as you're happy with the content that you've that you've done just just keep chipping away and enjoy it like if you can enjoy the creation enjoy yeah. the process of writing or creating videos or like, it's so much more enjoyable it's a bit of a generalist question maybe but do you think creators as a whole have, have lost that S- some have i i see i see a lot of creators playing to playing the game yeah so having that kind of i you know i don't want to use adhd in the wrong in the wrong way but that kind of like instant gratification very fast editing bang 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 here's all the information type videos and you're like oh god you know it's a it's a an assault on the senses yeah but those videos work because they're they're you know attention right they're yeah but i'm like i don't want to make those videos and so I'd much rather make a really great video that had less less views that I was just really proud of. And I see yeah. a lot of creators going down that road of going, Oh, how do I how do I you know, you've gotta you've gotta have a hook in the first two seconds. I'm like, Do you? Like maybe Does that, does but... that come back to what you said earlier about your your YouTube channel and when I asked you about mountain bike companies and you said, Oh, you know, maybe if I had more views then the brands would be like is the onus on brands and i've worked brands who look at this sort of stuff and they go right he's got x million subscribers let's put some money behind him as a as an influencer as yeah opposed I... to how, how do how do brands bridge that gap between bigger numbers and highly engaged audiences i think i think brands are smarter these days i think they used to um so part of the old group that we uh, that i worked for had like an influencer arm to it right and when you're initially having sort of conversations, they'll be like, well, how many followers have they got? And they'll be like, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, whereas those like micro influencers are, are often way more powerful. Yeah. So if, um, uh, so I'm, I've got two canyons, uh, mountain bikes, uh, and I'm looking at another canyon. Like if Canyon came to me and said, oh, hey, James, uh, like, do you want this bike for 12 months and we want you to make a dozen videos? I'd be like, yep, yep, I'll do whatever you want. Like, you wouldn't need to pay me. Like, I'd be like, I'm there, I'm going to go out on my bike now. Like, but because I've got a small audience, it comparatively to, to a lot, like, yeah. and I just love doing what you, those smaller people are more grateful for that support. I think when you get to the bigger ones, like that's their business, right? That's their that's their livelihood, and so they yeah. they want to be paid for 
I'm going to tag Canyon into this clip, by the way. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a Canyon spectral that I'm after. Um, um, Yeah, so I I, I think, you know, certainly smaller brands, if they look at those micro-influencers and, you know, if you sell... um, I bought uh, I bought some plants for somebody the other day online from a yeah. from a company called Patch and a mate of mine Kirsty uh, who runs um, Social Circle in Birmingham she'd had an operation I was like cool let's send her some plants she's got like a really engaged following on Instagram and is like her house is covered in plants yeah. I'm like she'd be the perfect person for Patch to just be like we're just going to send you a send you a plant like because. She would instantly post about it and yeah. be like, "Oh, you know, we're sorry to hear you've like had a tough time recently. Here's a little plant on us." Like that's that's a smart move, you know. Whereas, arguably, they could go after like a home influencer with a million yeah. subscribers and pay them a bunch of money. And you know, it's about it's about being smart, just making sure that the people you're working with are are the you know are the right audience kind of thing. So. Um, I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, one of these days there'll be a big box arrive from Canyon. <laughs> Let's just get that in there again. <laughs> Canyon Spectrum. <laughs> I will link to James's uh, channel in the uh, in the show notes in case anyone from Canyon just happens to be perusing YouTube <laughs> in their lunch uh, hour. One of these days. One of these. Don't days. ask. You don't get James. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's talk about struggles. Yeah, in this, in this world of authenticity, it's not all rainbows. And I mean, you shared a bit about your struggles yesterday, right? Sometimes getting in the funk. But what is something you struggle with or find tough? I think there's an element of imposter syndrome. I think that's it's probably quite a common thing. Mm. Um, but I look back to where I was, where I started the business, compared to the skill set that I've got now. It's 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 moved on a lot, but I still get caught in that thing where I'm like looking at you know, comparison is the thief of joy, isn't it? Yeah. You, you end up comparing yourself to other people and then going, oh, man, just should I be doing this? Am I getting a bit old for it? Like, am I, am I good enough? Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Do, and do that... you regularly think that or is it something that just pops its head up every now and again? Uh, oh, it, it comes in waves. I think when yeah. I'm really busy, no. doesn't yeah. doesn't even pop into my head. Um, but the second it second it goes a bit quiet and work can be lumpy sometimes it can you know i can get like times where i'm like oh god i can't do this i've got too much on in fact casey neistat did a brilliant video recently where he's that balance of he's bored and like in a fun tree on the tree with his thing yeah yeah, Yeah. and then he's like too busy overstimulated needs to cut back and he just seesaws from from one side to the other it's like oh i feel seen um I think that's probably probably my biggest struggle is is you know is that um, maybe a bit of time management as well. I can I can flip from one thing to another, um, yeah. and actually when you're editing, you need to you need deep work. You need to be like no distractions. Do you work from home? I do now. Yeah, I had to, I, I worked in WeWork for a long time. Yeah. Um, pre pre COVID. Um, but yeah, I was just finding I was again. I think that was just an ego thing. I was just like, oh, yeah, I've got a nice office, and yeah. you know, it was it was a nice environment. Met lots of nice people, but but then of course lockdown happened, and and we got a Labrador. So, <laughs> how does the fact of working from home with young kids and getting into that deep work state impact you? 
so my working day isn't like a nine to five day anymore, uh, which yeah. I found a real wrench to go from years of being quite regimented with with time to. Mm. Um, so you know, I'll I'll walk the youngest to school quite often on quite a few of the mornings. Um, there's usually a dog walk in there somewhere during the day, yeah. um, and then the kids will get home, and I'm I, you know they'll come into my office and th- there'll be all those distractions. But sometimes if I've got and I'm I'm quite creative on an evening. So sometimes yeah. like we'll have dinner and I'm like, right, I'm going to go and put my headphones on and go and work. And wife's very good at like just giving me the, giving me the time. Yeah. And I might sit on an evening and work till like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night sometimes. And I'm quite happy doing that because I'm, I'm in a flow and, you know, and I'm, and I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying the editing and, you know, clients might find it a bit weird that they get an email from me at like twenty past ten after it's rendered out. Like, oh, what like, oh this doing? guy's uh, this guy's dedicated. Yeah, or he's not organised. Like, his business is badly run. But actually, it's just I think it's the kind of modern world, isn't it? That we're a bit more, a bit more flexible. No, it is. And do you know what I think? You said something important there. Is is you work well in the evenings, and I think a lot of people. I I have I mean I'm not at that hundred percent all day. I find when I first get up i'm quite effective like you I, I do my good work in the evenings as well and i think this concept of nine to five for me never really worked because mm. i just i know and it's only since working myself and working at home i've kind of noticed it more but you notice when you're more effective and when you're least effective yeah yeah exactly um, i just want to go back to the imposter syndrome quickly because there will be people listening and watching this who suffer from the same thing and I don't know if it's a quick answer or not, but how do you, when those waves do hit, how do you get through them? I mean, they're not, it's not always easy. Um, but I think for me, like isolation is a bad thing. Okay. So you need to almost circuit break. Like, Cause usually I, I you know, I think you can get into a bit of a downward spiral in your head where you're like, yeah. oh, I'm shit. Oh, I'm not going to do any work. And it just goes down and down and down. And by the time like my family get home at the end of the day, I'm like, hi. And they're like, how is your day? <laughs> oh, rubbish. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. Why has it been, why has it been rubbish? Well, it's just because I've been chatting to myself in my head. Yeah. Um, so as I said earlier, you know, in our chat, going mountain biking last night, just switch. And I'm, I'm, I'm back to being me. You know, yeah. we're not talking about work. We're on the bikes. We're out having fun. As I say, Joe is a brilliant, brilliant person to have in my life. Elle, who works for me, and Joe, she's she's another just absolute legend that always sees the sees the positive in it. And and so I think just just trying to circuit break things, just just like put down the thing that you're trying to do and go and do something else, yeah. um, and and come back to it when you when you've got a bit more. Um, bit more energy behind it um but yeah we'll just hang out with joe joe glover <laughs> yeah he does have that effect on people doesn't he yeah yeah exactly joe glover okay. prime minister yeah he could be one day i wonder what if i know the answer to this one already but if you could shadow one video creator for the day who would it be and why well you you're expecting me to say casey neistat no i don't think you're going to be that obvious no well the thing is like casey would be great but I've done his course and I've seen, I've effectively shadowed him for a day. Do, do, like I've seen how he, how he does it. Yeah. Um, there's a guy who we, um, we had on the webinar called Bo Miles. Um, 
when Joe sent me that, I'm a massive Bo Miles fan. Same. When, when That's Joe... why I was on. I was like, I love Bo Miles. I said to Joe, I was like, can we, can we have everyone as a guest? And he was like, yeah, drop him an email. So I dropped him an email. I was like, hi, Bo, really like your videos. Do you want to be when... on a marketing podcast? And he was like, yeah, all right, mate. I was like, what? <laughs> me and my wife watch it. So he's another one up there with Casey. When that notification bell goes, yeah. it's... So my wife's not really the case like that, but when Bo drops his videos that night, we are watching it on the telly. And, yeah. And um, I remember when Joe sent that email and I was sitting in the kitchen. My wife was do- getting the kids breakfast. The kids behind me, so I've got a three and a five-year-old. I usually just, well, two, whatever, I don't know. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> my wife was like, what, 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 what's going on? And I was like, they've got fucking bow miles. She's like, no way. That's the one and only marketing meetup my wife has watched, by the way. That's brilliant. There's no slant on the marketing meetup. She's just not into marketing. And I was like, oh, you bastards. I can't. I was so jealous. I was like, I have to be on that one, Joe. I have to be on that one. He's an absolute hero. Um, but I also, you know, I watch his films. A, a is a, just a huge fan. Yeah. But, B as somebody who makes videos, I'm, I'm just I I want to know more about how about his process because he he covers a lot off in in the edit by doing voiceovers so yep. he he almost stitches the narrative into his films afterwards yeah but I'm like he's got to have an idea of what he's doing beforehand because it's so brilliantly shot. Um, and I, I want to know where where on that sliding scale those those films fit because it can't it can't come across. Maybe he's just a real natural storyteller, but maybe you should reach out to Mitch. Get Mitch's uh, yeah speak yeah to him. Well, I think Bo's coming over to the UK, so Joe and I were like, "Oh, we're gonna go and meet him, like do something somewhere." Yeah, he is because I think I emailed him afterwards. Uh, after that marketing meetup, I said, like, I just want to drop you a note to say how chuffed I was to see you on the marketing meetup and following your videos. And he said, and he, said, and he, he replied, and he said, I'll, um, yeah, I'm coming over to do a tour. Right. I was like, yeah, yeah. Tickets for yeah, that. I think I'm definitely going to get tickets again soon. Such a fanboy. Uh, he, yeah. he, he makes videos, like, like you said, about he doesn't conform to this cut, cut, exactly cut, that. retention, retention, retention. And he's part of this. I don't know if you've seen it, but the YouTube new wave. Have you heard of that? No. So there's uh, a couple of guys in the States who, if you search hashtag YouTube new wave. Yeah. Oh, what's he, I can't remember what his name is. It's going to break, frustrate me. But basically they're going up against those kind of YouTube videos because they want it to be more um, slower paced. and. Yeah. It's, 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 proper, some good ones. it's proper storytelling. It's storytelling yeah. in its finest form. Like he can make a story about a you know, piece of wood that he's turned into a paddle. Yeah. Or collecting junk from the side of the road and taking it to the tip. Like you go, Well, that doesn't sound very interesting. Like it's a freaking brilliant video. Uh his honestly, he I so I came I, I will share it in the show notes for anyone who's wondering what me and your fanboying about here, but <laughs> <laughs> there was one so I there's a, a YouTuber I follow called Laura Try who did this video running a mile an hour for 24 hours okay and I, and I started watching it and she says in the video she goes oh I got this inspiration from Bo Miles I was like oh I've never heard of Bo Miles 
and I watched that video. He did his version of that, which yeah. she, she was inspired by. And I think that night, me and my wife literally sat and watched all of pretty much his entire YouTube catalog with like four hours worth of. I was just like, this yeah, yeah. He is incredibly good to watch. The first one I watched was um, Run the Run the Line. Yeah. So the old, the the old line railway one, yeah. line. Yeah. And just the combination of like the he's really smart with his music choices you yeah. wouldn't even notice them but like just the the pace is beautiful he's very human in his way like i still got that at the end of him running that line he's sat in like an old disused railway station and he's talking to a magpie yeah <laughs> and he's just we found on the floor <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah exactly and he's just having this like it's not scripted it's it, it's what I'm trying to create in human in its purest form. Yeah, like he could do what I'm trying to do ten times ten times better. Absolute absolute legend. Do you, do you think about his stuff when you're doing your cycling videos? Yeah. So um, if you take uh, the video that I did for the course, the trail dog video, yeah, um, uh, that I did that was part of the Casey Neistat course. Um, it's got an element of bow inspired sort of scripting, not scripting, but storytelling in there. It's right. not as good as bows, but, um, but it's performed really well. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and hence I want to link, I'll link to that as well. I can't have some links for this. Video. Yeah. If, if you like, yeah, <laughs> if you like dogs, if you like, uh, uh, overexcited Labradors, then you'll like that video. Was, was Joe familiar with bow miles before you suggested? No, him? no, it was one I introduced to him. Which he's very grateful for. Because I obviously. think I actually sent. Did I send Joe that book? I think I sent Joe Bo Miles's book. Oh, did you? And I, for the life of me, I cannot remember why I sent it to him. I think I must have been talking about Bo Miles on on the podcast. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I wondered if he was a fan as a result. Oh, he, yeah, he loves him. Absolutely loves him. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Good so answer. yeah, hopefully one day we'll get to meet him. Got a picture video idea to him. He went to Canada to do so. He's doing the West, uh, the US Canada tour. Did you see the one he did where he was in the canoe with the homemade canoe on yes. the Rocky Mountains? <laughs> yeah. See, that's what you need to do. You need to come up with an equivalent idea in the UK. Yeah, taking mountain biking, didn't I? You should do. Watch my channel explode. <laughs> Collab. <laughs> that's the answer, mate. Right. Me and you, I am conscious of your time. I don't want to talk about bow miles for the next two hours. If someone came up to you and said they wanted to, I'll let you take this where you want. Either start a video marketing agency or start a YouTube channel. What would be, what, what would you say to them? Well, I think the most, the most common desire is to start a YouTube channel. I'm not sure yeah. that many people, generally the route people go for making their own video agency is they've learned how to use a camera. They're a yeah. camera operator in a bigger business and they go out on their own freelance. That's kind of typical. Um, I would say, uh, in fact, if you wanted to do either, I would start a YouTube channel. Like if I had if I had time on my hands or if I could do it all again, I would probably start a YouTube channel that was about making videos and my journey of learning to make videos because that probably right. would have set, set me up better uh, for... Um, for running human um i my advice would be don't overthink it just do it just make or, or or make you know half a dozen to a dozen videos 
and then see how you feel about it. Yeah. Because my guess is a lot of people will make one or two. They never actually hit upload. Or they do and they don't get any results because they've got no audience. Yeah. Like you've got to just keep posting to understand how it works. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden you'll get one video that does really well and you'll be like, huh. And then you'll notice that a load of followers like join you and then when you hit a thousand you can monetize it and so you know every so often i get a little check for 30 quid from uh from youtube and you know what was the first video you remember that did that that really took off was it was the second video i ever made it was the it was the can of chase one which still oh, okay. still performs now still brings in a lot of views now um so yeah i just think you know, do, but also I, I call it a gateway, like find something that you really care about yeah. and that you're really interested in and make videos around that. Um, so it might be like looking behind you, like model cars. It might be, yeah. it might be that you're like obsessed with reading or yeah. cookery, but just find your gateway, find the thing that you care about. And then making the videos becomes a lot easier because you'll find your audience naturally. You know. I think a lot of people don't believe there's an audience out there. Don't like if they said, "Oh, you know, I want to do about model cars," but beauty of YouTube and the internet is oh, there's an there audience for everything. Real there's engagement. some right weirdos out there. Like, <laughs> you know, there's some really niche channel. To give you an example, the channel that Nick works on uh, makes rap videos, like nerdcore rap videos mm. about computer games, and they've got nearly 3 million subscribers. Wowzers. And every time I watch one of the I'm like, I don't get this. It's just, it's like Minecraft rap. It's yeah. just odd. But the big audience for it, and the guy makes a hell of a lot of money from it. So just find your thing you can Write that about. one down in my ideas book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rap videos about marketing. <laughs> yeah. Never know, mate. Yeah, Never well, know. I might write that one down myself. Right, that's good advice. Last question for you, James. If we spoke again in 12 months and you said to me, do you know what, Chris, it's been a, a pretty good year, what would have happened? I think I would have uh, I would have got back on into that rhythm of creating cycling content. Uh, Kanye would have delivered a bike to me, <laughs> uh, obviously. <laughs> I wouldn't have to pay for it, which is what I'm currently going through the process to do. Um, I'm going to have yeah. to mark this video up as a hashtag ad, <laughs> Sponsored <aren't I? laughs> content. It's really not. They do make great bikes. Um, yeah, I think I would have got got back into my groove of, of uploading because uh, I, miss, yeah. I miss doing that. Um, being a bit more flexible around which shoots I go on and which edits I have to do. You know, building yeah. like a little bit of a, a bit more of a freelance team that can, that can help me with that. Uh, and probably spending a little bit more time in the marketing meetup as well. You know, that's um that's so much fun and like i love working with joe so much that you know i just want to kind of do do more of that but as long as i'm healthy and happy and fit and you know and still able to pay the bills then then you know i'll be happy with that in 12 months that is a lovely answer and a lovely place to finish james i want to thank you so much pleasure thanks for having me on i like I said to you, I can't remember if I'd hit record by this point or not. I, I followed you for a while now. And like I said, I've subscribed to your channel. And obviously I know your channel. And I'm not just saying that because I've referenced some pretty niche videos. <laughs> but it's always lovely to get people on who you sort of see knocking around 
online. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I am a fan of your content. I really am. And I'm not just oh, saying that because you. you're here today. I wouldn't have That's asked really you otherwise. Nice. But um, if I want to put where another link in the show notes, where would I where would I direct people to to come and say hi? Oh, I don't know, really. If you're into cycling, then Original Cyclist on, on Instagram and uh, YouTube. Uh, and then if it's kind of more businessy marketing stuff, then probably probably LinkedIn okay. um, would, would be the easiest one. Um, yeah, and if you want to see interesting videos that I've found, I'll probably most of them will be links to Bo Miles, but that that newsletter goes out once a month. Um, I will. I'll put it's kind of marketing inspirationy stuff, but just some musings from me, really. No hard. I sell. will link to it all below, and You're people can pick and choose what they want to come and say. But James, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. That was 10Q Interview with James Sandbrook. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did, hence still being here. Feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10Q Interview everywhere you may go. That's all from me for now. Make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this. Make sure you've got in touch with James and followed his channels as well, all linked to below. And the next 10Q Interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care of yourselves. Bye.